0: and Ransom are two um, pictures that we're going to examine today, and um, the reason our, our Bible readings in some ways are, are so short for this, this series is because to, to really specifically look at one picture, uh, you only see it in like one verse, and, and it's when you like read the whole Bible together that they start sort of firing across at each other. So even in that Bible project video. Um, we had uh, ransom being spoken of as atonement and sacrifice being spoken of as atonement. I'd probably say ransom is more of a payment and, and sacrifice is almost something like ritual and atonement is the, the goal of, of the cross. Um, or is the goal before the goal. Uh, if you were here last week, we had an imaginary character called Ronald um, but, you know, Ronald's not imaginary in the end, he's, he's, he's back. And I had this metaphor that um, I, I used, that if, if this imaginary person um, went into my office and stole 50 bucks, that um, in my heart I could decide to forgive them, right? I could decide to forgive them and that'd be fine and we could all move on. But it would kind of still be a little bit awkward. It, it wouldn't change the fact that um, someone had stolen 50 bucks, from me now. If they had have come uh, and said, "I'm sorry, I shouldn't have stolen the money. Have a good day." That might be nice, but it also be weird because, like, an apology without actually making like repair is kind of weird. Like a true, true repentance involved would be saying, "I'm sorry. Here's 50 bucks." Well, here's 50 bucks with interest, because, you know, 50 bucks, I can yield a lot of interest, you know, with the, the banks these days. Um, that's a joke. You could also get this situation where, like, if, if an imaginary person, I guess we won't call him Ronald now, because Ronald's here, we'll call him, like, you know, Samuel. Um, if Samuel steals 50 bucks, Daniel might say to Samuel, Samuel, I know you needed that, but that's not cool. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pay it back for you. I'm going to give Loki the 50 bucks for you, and then it, it's going to be made right, and you apologise. Or, I could say to Samuel, let's walk down to the bank, take 50 bucks out, I'll give you another 50, if you'd like to give it back to me, that'd be great, and then we're all square. Like, if, if the person, that's atonement, When something is made right, whether it's by Samuel, by Daniel, or by myself, atonement, forgiveness is when, in my heart, I say, "I'm not going to worry about the debt. I'm not going to pursue it." But to really make things right, something has to be handed back. Something has a transaction has to occur to make things right. And what's incredible about the cross is that God is the one who makes things right. When, when he was the one who was sinned against, God actually comes down to earth and says, I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to make things right. And so, um, one way to, to think of this is, is the great exchange. That there's a, um, an exchange that happens, um, or a wondrous exchange, I called it last week. And, Actually, stuff that up. It's meant to say the great transaction, um, because there's an exchange. But it's another way to think of it is a transaction that that something's paid. And what I want to be really careful today is interesting. Is we don't quite know how the payment works. For years and years, the church said God made a payment to the devil. Theologically that makes it seem like the devil had something over god and so that can't be true and so then pushing back against that many have said god made a jesus made a payment to god the father now that's okay but it says in the scriptures a lot that like jesus was involved and the father was involved in the crucifixion almost as one Like, they don't become two really separate entities, but actually they come to the cross together as a trinity. And so, the best theologians, I think they basically just say a price was paid. I guess God paid it to God. God settled the score. He settled the ledger. But it's, it's not that God paid it to the devil and that the devil had power over him. And it's also not that the son is so like such a victim of the cross and the father is such a, uh, a debt collector that um, something has to happen there the father and the son both say I'm going to go to the cross it's, it's the crucified God on the cross and the payment is, is paid so there's a, a payment um, and a sacrifice so Uh, One way to think of it uh, is a little poem I made up. Um, It's probably not the best poetry in the world, but Jesus absorbed the cost and paid the price. He was a perfect sacrifice. He absorbed the cost and paid the price. And I, I say absorbed the cost to try and capture this idea that it was sort of in himself, that the cost was to himself, and so he didn't just have to pay it to someone else. He almost had to take it on himself. So if I go up to to my father-in-law, who just got a Tesla, um, Daniel actually asked me a question about that. I'll have to talk to you after, Daniel. But um, that's, you know, not really for the sermon. Um, But, you know, if I say, hey, uncle, although you don't actually call, anyway, once you get married, you don't have to call him uncle. What do I call him? Dad's kind of awkward as well. I don't, you know, some people are good at that. Sometimes I'll call him dad, but like, really like, dad. (laughs) Like, Hey, dad. And then just start, keep the conversation going. If I said, look, let's be honest. I'm not a huge, like, car man, but it would be cool to drive. Like, could I have a go? And he said, oh, Lockie, okay, okay. You know, just for you or something like that. You better buy me a coffee or something. Um, and then I just... Found the technology so much fun. I don't know if you've seen inside of one of these things, but there's like a plasma screen. And I just start watching cricket and have a big crash, right? Because surely that's what's going to happen. Um, if he said afterwards, I'm going to absorb the cost, like the cost is to myself, I'm going to take it on myself, he'd be saying, Look, this has happened to me, it's my car. I'm going I'm to pay it myself. I'm going to pay the price to get it fixed so you don't have to. I'm going to absorb it, take it on myself. That's what, that's what God does on the cross. He takes it on himself and he says, this injury has happened to me, but there's a cost that has to be paid. I'm not going to charge anyone else and, and put them in my debt. I'm going to absorb the cost myself. So that's what happens in, um, in the payment of a ransom. Now, an image of payment of a ransom that we might have today is when you get, like, prisoners overseas and stuff. I don't know if anyone followed, like, um, the Brittany Griner situation, the um, American basketball player who was kept in Russia, or um, closer to home, the uh, Melbourne Uni academic, uh, Kylie Gilbert Moore, who was uh, kept in Iran and to... Um, to get them back, you often have to give them something. Like, it's not just like, hey, give us our basketball player back. Give us our academic back. They're like, fair enough. Because you ask nicely, you're going to have them back. It's like, what are you going to give us? Are you going to release a prisoner so, you know, in exchange? So a ransom paid is, is a, a payment so that there can be freedom. The goal of a ransom is that um, this price might get paid so that then uh, you can be free or Brittany can be free, or Kylie can be free. And so the ransom is because where the Bible says, like, enslaved to sin and enslaved to the law. And we, I don't know if you've ever been, um, like, in a Peter Pippo, and they're like, would you like one scoop, two scoops, three scoops? And you're like, I'm enslaved to three scoops. Like, there's nothing else that I can have and except order three scoops. Like, when we're enslaved to sin, We need to be released. We need to be free. And so the ransom is a payment for our freedom. Now, what's interesting is that the blood sacrifice in the Old Testament is a ritual that also kind of operates in the same way, but so that there's freedom through a ritual payment. So what... um, Let's go... you all know Exodus, right? There can be miracles when you believe. Prince of Egypt, DreamWorks, Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston tells the story of the Exodus. When um, the, the ten plagues came and Pharaoh still didn't um, turn around, you know, there's also the, um, there's other songs anyway, I won't sing them, but there's so many good songs about the Exodus. Um, the Pharaoh doesn't let the people go. So the tenth plague, God says... Um, make an animal sacrifice paint the blood on your doorpost and that'll be for your protection and this is going to actually become a symbol, the Passover to remember that the blood of the animal actually is what's going to set you free and so this, this sacrificial ritual becomes part of, of Israel's worship take a, a one year old lamb a, a spotless pure lamb sacrifice her to remember that you're free and at some level to kind of like pay for your sins. That it said in that video, like it's a substitute, which comes back to the last week's image, that this lamb is dying for your sins instead of you. Now that sounds really like gory and and intense. Uh, I read a really interesting uh, kind of apologetic for this though that was something we forget is that the animal was eaten, like it was it wasn't just like we sacrifice this animal, it's gruesome, and then we like toss it out. It was actually eaten. It provided food for the priests. Um, and then the Passover meal, it provides food for the family. And at some level, it was actually a, a sacred ritual which honoured the life of the lamb and said, this is a life that that has to be given so we can have life. You know, and and we have to... To be nourished, for any of us to have life, something has to die. Even if you're vegetarian, you know the, the wheat has to get broken off the stalk or the lettuce has to get pulled out of the ground, has to be uprooted. If you're not vegetarian, then the, the lamb one makes a lot of sense. The, the lamb has to die for us to eat it. No one's eating like a live sheep, obviously. Life has to be given so that we can have life. And so... We get these two images, which both speak to redemption, freedom. He absorbed the cost and paid the price. In Mark 10.45, Jesus says, um, you know, try not to be all, like, egotistic about, like, who's going to be next to Jesus and who's going to be, you know, the most impressive, because in the end, my role is to serve. This is why I came, not to serve um, not to be served, but to serve and to give um, my life as a ransom for many. Now, here's one ransom, one payment, but for many. Um, Matthew 20 uh, has the same kind of, uh, same kind of moment. Um, Jesus is talking to the disciples and says, The Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Um, this also comes up in, in Timothy, um, where it's translated as, He gave himself as a ransom for all people. This one payment for many, for all people. Um, And then in Hebrews, it says that uh, Jesus died as a ransom to set them free. So we get this picture of what is a ransom paid for so that people can be set free. It's so that we can have redemption, so that we can be released. Now, this reading in Hebrews actually brings um, a lot of our our threads together. So if we go to um, verse 6 in Hebrews 9, it says... Um, Basically, the priests had to do this sacrificial ritual um, very often. And how it worked was that they regularly um, went into the outer room, but only the high priest could enter the inner room once a year and had to be carrying the blood of the Lamb. And like we saw in the video, uh, he offered uh, the blood for himself and for the sins of, of all the people. Now, the Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place... Now, the the inner room, the most holy place, is where the presence of God was, right? So this was uh, to get to the presence of God, to get close to God. The Holy Spirit had been showing that the way to get to this holy place had not been revealed yet, not been disclosed, because the first system, the first tabernacle, was still functioning. But this, as an illustration for the present time because the gifts and the sacrifices that were offered weren't able to fully clear the conscience of the worshipper. In the end, they were just ceremonial washings. That, you know, we did, but only until the time of the new order. Because when Christ came, he came as a high priest, and he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle... Not a, not a tabernacle, not a temple made with human hands, not even something part of this creation. He didn't enter through just the, the blood of goats or calves. He entered the most holy place, the very presence of God, once and for all, not repeatedly, but just once and for all by His own blood. So His blood was spilled instead of a lamb or a goat. And instead of it having to happen every year, this was once and for all, and it obtained eternal redemption. So Jesus has this this one ransom paid, one sacrifice, once and for all, for the many, for eternity. It's not this regular thing that has to happen now. He's doing it once, he's doing it for all, he's doing it for all time. Verse 13 says, The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a hypha sprinkle on those who are ceremonially unclean. Sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. But how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. What we're seeing is that these two pictures, blood sacrifice and payment of a ransom, are speaking similar language. They're speaking of freedom and redemption and release and atonement and covenant. That is like covenant like a marriage, covenant like a, 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 an agreement, a deal, a, a connection that can't be broken. I think another way to get to the heart of what covenant is about is communion. That at the end of the day, what this is all working towards is that we could be in the very presence of God. We could have communion with Him. We could be one with Him. I've got a bunch of other Bible verses, but I'm going to save them for our Bible study Um, because we're going to unpack them on on Wednesday about um, different sort of verses that that speak to these themes. Um, But I just have a couple more that sort of touch on um, sacrifice because I spent a bit of time on ransom. Um, This one speaks to this communion thing. So uh, Galatians 4 says, we were all um, in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces. We were slaves of sin, slaves of... um, Evil, but when the time had come, God sent his son to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. So we were redeemed out of, of slavery and into sonship, into daughtership, into adoption. And so we become part of God's family. We actually can call out Abba Father, which means like, um, sometimes people say daddy It's not quite that um, immature. Not that if you call your dad, Daddy, you're immature. I'm not saying that. Feel free. But Abba, Father, it has the kind of uh, intimacy of Daddy, but not necessarily the uh, childishness of Daddy. Abba is this really intimate yet informal relationship. You're no longer a slave, but you're God's child and even God's heir. So he absorbed the cost. He paid the price. He was a perfect sacrifice. And now we're redeemed. So Romans 3 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Or 1 Peter 1 says, It wasn't with perishable things, that you were redeemed. It wasn't just a 50-buck note that was, was paid to make things right. It's with the precious blood of Christ. See, if I, if I crashed, you know, my father-in-law's car, or if you stole money from someone, or if you're in any kind of debt in this world, it could be paid with, with silver and gold. I mean, possibly... There are relational things that sometimes can't be paid back um, with with money. Um, when you when you're married and you're early married, you sometimes have these weird conversations. What would you do if I died? What would you What would you do? Would you Would you remarry? Or what would you do if I had an affair? And you go, Oh, I'm not going to. So it doesn't matter. Um, but the French actually until recently had a law that if your partner has an affair and you commit murder in anger, it's like kind of fair play. It was called a crime de passion. That's how romantic the French are. They're like, if that happens and you kill someone, it's like we understand. So look, there are some things, there are some things in life which maybe can't be paid for by silver and gold. But still they're kind of, you know the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. It's only the precious blood of Christ, this lamb without blemish or defect, that can pay off the the ransom fee, that can pay off the debt, that can pay the price for all people for all time. And when I say all people, I mean it's available to all people. Not all people necessarily access the blood of Christ through, like, following him and faith. Um, so it's not universalist in that sense, but um, he makes himself, his death uh, legitimately could be for all people if all people chose to come to faith in him. He's the perfect sacrifice. He's a lamb without blemish or defect, just like the one-year-old lambs. But he was a, a man lamb and he never sinned. He was a perfect sacrifice. So in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. I love that line, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. It's like that thing where I was saying at the start, forgiveness and atonement are kind of different things. Like forgiveness, God could choose to forgive us just because He's God and He's forgiving, that's His character. But He makes atonement so that things can be made right. Right? And so it's in accordance with his character, it's in accordance with his forgiving character, the riches of his grace, that he said, I'm going to make things right myself. I'm going to redeem my people through my blood. And therefore, forgiveness of sins, my grace, atonement, will all work together. So to finish, I said this last week, three words, imparted, imputed, incorporated. Was this Sacrifice was this ransom? Was it uh, imparted to us in the sense that was it a gift? Now I've heard um, that Prince Charles, who's about to become King Charles, um, not to not to me. I'm not spending I'm not spending a dollar with with Charles's head on it. You know, Diana all the way, but um, uh, or Warnie, you know Warnie. Um, But so you know, not my king, but you know uh, the rest of us in the Commonwealth who are you know, willing to just... You know, I'll, I'll give you the $1 coin, um, even though it's got Charles' head on it. Uh, he's struggling to find a, a musical artist for his coronation. He wants to find a relevant kind of... a relevant British pop artist, but Ed Sheeran said no, and Harry Styles said no, and Coldplay said no, and Elton John said no, and we're just now talking like... Has he asked Dua Lipa? Maybe he hasn't heard of Dua Lipa. Um, he started coming to like the, the Commonwealth. Like Kylie Minogue said no... I started to rack my brain, like who, like Rihanna, but Jamaica just left the Commonwealth, you know. Bieber, Canada, but they're kind of more American. I don't know. You, you have to help me out. I'm wondering if I might get the gig. <laughs> you know, I can do it. I can do it. I can. I can do a decent Ed Sheeran, like you know, tap and rap a bit, and you know, I, I'm. I can be bought. I can be bought, Charles. So, if you're listening, um, the podcast, we're trying to get it on Spotify. Um, So, you know, if you're listening, Charles. But anyway, all this to say, if I played the gig for Charles for his coronation and then he said, as a gift, I'm not going to knight you. You're not going to become a sir. Apologies. But you can have free access to, like, all of the palaces and all of... Like, you can... Anytime you're in the UK or the Commonwealth like it's on me go wherever you want stay wherever you want he could give that to me as a gift and he could say I'm imparting this gift to you here's a key here's like a magic key like in Dragon Quest or something um Jess's been playing Dragon Quest so I think that just only really matters to me Ronald and Jess but um uh, it's a good game Uh, and there's magic keys and so if Charles gave me a magic key he would give me a gift he would impart this, this privilege to me that you now have access to anywhere, any palace, Buckingham Palace, Westminster Abbey, you know, I don't know much of that. Balmoral Castle, there we go, I've watched enough of the crown. Um, he could impart it, right? That's one way and, and at some level, uh, the, the cross achieves an impartation of, of freedom, of, of we're bought at a price, he paid for us. He sacrificed for us. It is a gift. It's also imputed. And imputed more means like a declaration. So Charles might not say he's a key. He might more announce to everyone. He might say, this guy, Lockie, he did. It. He played Living Hope at my, um, at my coronation. Uh, haven't really heard the song before. I'm not that into you know, contemporary Christian worship music, but... I told him that if he'd do the performance uh, he could go anywhere he could go to Balmoral Castle he could go to Buckingham Palace he could stay in Westminster um, Abbey and so he could do an announcement and say everyone you need to know that Lockie is free to go anywhere he you, you know he couldn't make it an announcement or a gift like um, if you're in court and the judge says uh you're free to go it's a it's an announcement it's a proclamation um imparted and imputed both tell the story of what happens at the cross but only a part of the story i think what would be the most powerful thing is if prince charles said to me and this is where the metaphor falls down because i don't know if i'd want to do this he said just come with me just go wherever i go just ride with me in i don't know if he still drives like the carriage with like the cinderella carriage probably not but um Come with me and wherever I go, you'll be my guest and you'll be able to um, come along. And everyone, I'll just say, he's with me. And, and in the end, the most significant thing that happens is all of these, that we're given this as a gift. It's spoken over us as a declaration. But most of all, we're invited into Christ. We're incorporated into his destiny. And in his resurrection, he rises again The price is paid, the debt is cleared, the sacrifice is done, and he's the perfect spotless lamb who was slain, and we're with him in glory, and we're with him forever, and we're with him in joy. And so we walk with Jesus into the fruit of the cross and the resurrection. His forgiveness and his atonement means that we have communion with God. And just like I said in the video, the two ways we practice this as a church are baptism and the Lord's Supper. That we're baptized into Christ. When we go down, we come out and we're we're raised with Christ. We are with Christ in His death and in His life. If you haven't been baptized before, I encourage you. It's coming up. We're going to do a baptism with Fonya about midway through the year. Uh, Please, please, please uh, get baptized. It's, it's one of the, the most significant ways a Christian participates with Jesus in his death and resurrection. And the other way is the Lord's Supper. And so why don't you gather around the table now? Maybe turn on some lights. It's sort of gotten dark. Um, let's gather around the communion table um, because when we eat and drink the cup and the bread, we... We rehearsed the Lord's Supper, which was like the Passover meal. And um, Ben, if you're able to just pour some cups and everyone can come and grab some bread, it's pre-cut, which is is nice. But when we eat and and drink of the cup and um, of the bread, we participate with Christ together, remembering him, celebrating him. It's a small version of what the Israelites did at each Passover meal, remembering um, the sacred ritual of of life is given so that they might have life. We do the same with, with God's life. His life was given so that we might have life.